0: Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. All right. So if if you're uh, just popping in today, I'll tell you what, we've been in a series, we call it Red Letter. You say, well, what is Red Letter? I see it on the board, I see it on the screen here. What What is a Red Letter? Well, basically it's this, that, that you know, it was around 100 years ago, this guy had the idea that... If you made a Bible where every time Jesus said something that they'd make the the words red, he said that would make it stand out when Jesus was talking. You know, it was just an easy way to look at your Bible. He was actually reading one of the verses where Jesus was talking about uh, the Lord's Supper and and, uh, about the blood of Jesus. And that's why he came up with red. That's why he didn't do purple letter. Purple would have been cool. You know, but but he saw it as like red being like the blood of Jesus. And and um, so that's why we had, our, it caught on. It caught on. They did that and it was like, wow, this is fun. I can look at it and read these words. And I know that's what Jesus said. Oh, cool. You know, and I over the years, I've called the red letter stuff the hot sauce of the word. How many you like a little hot sauce on your food? Yeah. You know, I do. I like some good hot sauce. I usually go three or four at the Thai place, and, and uh, you know, it's good, make you sweat, clears out your system, it's great. But, uh, you know, that's what this stuff will do, too, it'll clear out your system. It'll get you thinking right. It'll, 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 it'll take these words that the master spoke and, and make them real to you, okay? So, you know, we've done a, a number of different things, you know, we've just really been freewheeling this series because we can go anywhere, all we're doing is talking about words of Jesus. We can, t- we can say anything today. I could talk about the moon. No, I couldn't do that. Um, no, but, but, but we've talked, you know, Pastor Stephen had a, a great message a few weeks ago. Was that a few weeks ago? Anyway, he did speak, and it was great. <laughs> you can go on the YouTube channel and see that. Um, I've done a couple things, like I talked about what Jesus said about the Father, I guess that was last week, and, and another time I talked about what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. So, you know, guess where we're going to go today? We're going to talk about what Jesus said about Jesus, okay? You know, he said some things about himself that were quite amazing, and, and uh, you know, and some things that will rattle some people's cages. But the truth is, when you embrace these things he said about, about himself, I'm telling you what, it gives you hope and it gives you life. Probably one of the biggest hiccups, you know, different people or different groups have that, that, that deviate from what we'd call Christianity or what we'd call having a relationship with God is, you know, they don't quite understand or, or, or take in who Jesus said he was, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And, uh, you know, man, I tell you, he's calling all people to him, you know, he's out there, he's throwing the love out to every person. He Says, come on, see, see, see what, see who I am. See who, you know, aren't you glad you know who Jesus is? Has anybody made, he made a difference in anybody's life? I mean, I, I was talking to a gentleman last night, and and that I don't know, maybe knows Jesus. I'm not sure that he does though. He knows the bottom for sure. And uh, you know, I, I got to a point in the thing. I says, well, you know, I've got to take some time and just tell you some time about what happened when I encountered Jesus, because for me. That was the turning point of my life when I encountered Jesus. You know, I've encountered a lot of good people. Thank God for that. But I tell you, when I met Jesus, man, everything changed. Everything changed. So let me just start with this in Matthew 16 um, in verse 13. This is a, a somewhat familiar little passage. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he asks them the question, uh, well, I'll read it. He says, Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? You know, what are the, what's the buzz on the streets, guys? What's, have, you, have you checked your Facebook? What are they telling me, you know? Sometimes I don't like to even check Facebook. But anyway, so they said, some say, you're John the Baptist. Now, to me, that's kind of weird. John the Baptist. Anyway, some say you're Elijah, you know? At least they had somebody that wasn't, you know, maybe currently living or had been living on the earth. I don't know how he pulled it off when he baptized him if Jesus was John the Baptist, how that worked. But these guys, they had some imagination. And and others say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And you know, today you could do this kind of poll and Again, that's what I'm talking about is, is that's where the thing happens. The variance comes is who do people say Jesus really is? Most people have a respect for Jesus. But most, you know, well, I won't say most, but a lot of people don't really know who he is. And Simon Peter stood up. Wouldn't you know it would be Peter? You know, thank God for Peter. He stood up. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of, of Hades or hell will not prevail against it. And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one, that he was Jesus the Christ. You know, the time apparently wasn't right yet, but he said, don't go blabbing this out there. Don't make this your mission right now. You know, there'll come a time, but he said, don't do it right now. But here's the deal is Peter stood up and man, sometimes Peter would stick his foot in his mouth. But this is one time where Jesus commended him and said, Peter, man, you are speaking words from heaven here. You're speaking words that, that, you know, only God could have showed you this. You know, that's the thing about, you know, some things in life, only God can show people. I mean, do your part, but expect God to do his, you know. I mean, sometimes we take it on as our mission, I'm going to cram this into their head till they get it. I don't usually get things that way, you know. Do your part. I believe God to do his part. So Jesus boldly declared here he was the Christ. Christ the anointed one Jesus Christ John seventeen five. Jesus here I'm gonna blast through a few of these some I'll spend more time on than others but I'm just just giving you the, the the things I saw that Jesus said about himself Jesus said this he says and now father glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began jesus declared or claimed that he existed with the father before the world began jesus was no ordinary dude walking the streets here he said man you know i was with you before the world began father i I don't make those claims you know (laughs) i was in minneapolis before i lived in Menominee. that's as far back as i go okay (laughs) Went to Haiti once. Anyway, he says I was there, and before the world began, I was there with you, Father. Jesus declared this. This is bold stuff. And Then in John, this isn't actually a red letter, but John one one through five, it says this: that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. All talking about Jesus. I like that part, too. I'll tell you, John, someday maybe we'll talk about the words of John. We'll go through John, because he had such a grasp on who Jesus is. He had such a grasp on the love of God and the life of God. And this is what he said. He said, man, this, this Jesus guy, he came to earth, man. He, he was there in the beginning, but, man, he walked the earth, and he was the light of men. There was something about this guy. He had light in him. Isn't it good to be around people that have light in him? Yes. Jesus was, was the, the, the source of that kind of life. Um, in John 8... Uh, 28 and 29. Jesus said to them, he says, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you'll know that I am he. And I do nothing of myself, but as the Father has taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I, here's it, here it is, ready? I always do those things that please him. Jesus said this about himself, that he always pleased the Father. Always pleased the Father. I mean, our heart intention is to please the Father. But frankly, I don't always please myself. Jesus said, I always please the Father. This set him aside. It set him apart from other people. It set him apart from anybody who's ever lived. He said, I always do the things that please my Father. In John 8, 46 and 47, he says, Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is is of God hears God's words, therefore you do not hear because you're not of God. Jesus declared this, this is what he declared, he declared that he was sinless sinless, that he pleased the Father. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, uh, Jesus uh, said, or Jesus didn't actually say this, but it said about him, it said, it said, he who knew no sin, God made to be sin. That's my version. Anyway, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. See, he who knew no sin was Jesus. Jesus declared himself, Paul echoes it here in 2 Corinthians, that he had no sin. And then in Hebrews, I'll give you one more reference, because these are things that set Jesus apart, okay? These are things that he declared... You know, it's echoed here, what I'm reading in in the New Testament. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, We don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted, as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus is that one. Jesus was, you know, he didn't just live in a bubble. But he walked life, he lived life just like any other human being, yet, and was tempted in every point, like all of us get tempted, yet without sin. Paul said it, Hebrews said it, Jesus declared it. He goes even further. Don't you love Jesus? He just pushes the boundary. He shatters the comfort zones. He goes on, he doesn't just say he doesn't have sin, that he always pleases the Father. Now he's going to start to declare that he can forgive other people's sins. Boy, who let the cat out of the bag? Huh? Luke five twenty. In verse 20 and 21 uh, he says and when he saw their faith he said to him man your sins are forgiven you and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason saying who is this who speaks blasphemy who can forgive sins but god alone i mean these seems this this could seem like just words that were spoken but these were big words these were words that rattled the cages of the Pharisees that were standing by, the keepers of the law. Jesus said, man, your sins are forgiven you. He was kind of a California dude, kind of your, your hey, dude, man, your sins. Anyway, forget it. It's all right. Your sins are forgiven you. Jesus said this kind of stuff. In uh, Luke 7, again, 48, he said to her this time, he said, your sins are forgiven And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Well, this is Jesus. Jesus was sinless, and Jesus forgave sins of people. Um, This is a fun one. In John 10, verse 11, Jesus again. How do you get to know this guy? Well, you get to know him, you know, you hear what he says about himself. You know, you hear, you talk to people. You get to know people when you really talk to them, don't you? You get to hear their heart, and you know what they're all about. You know, you might hear someone else tell you about somebody, but here Jesus himself is telling you about him. John 10, 11, I love this one. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Harlan, he he, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not uh, own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. But the, hire, the hireling flees because he's a hireling and doesn't care about the sheep. But Jesus said this. He says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known of by my own. Jesus said, I'm in there with you guys. I'm not going to leave you when the wolf comes, when the trouble comes. He says, I'm there to help you, to protect you. Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd. Say, He's the good shepherd. the good shepherd. Say, He knows me, and I know Him. We could read on here, but, but get the point here is that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. You know, whatever anybody said to you about Jesus or, you know, tried to say that He said, that they said, that someone said, or whoever said, Jesus is a Good Shepherd. He's not mean. He's not cruel. He isn't raining down sickness and disease on you. He, he brings you to life. He brings you to health. You know, good people, good people deal with hard things, but that doesn't mean they come from the good shepherd, okay? The good shepherd leads you into good places. He'll lead you. You know, I was with someone this week dealing with... Uh, an alarming physical symptom. Can I just say it that way? And uh, there's a few of us at a dinner table. We're, we're eating dinner together, and, and they, they, they confided you know, this news with, to us and, and, and in us. That, uh, and they said, is God telling you anything? And I sat there the whole dinner you know, trying to check in. Sometimes, you know, we miss it because we try to speak too soon. Oh, yeah, God's, quote, 15 verses, you know. But I just wanted to just check in. And so, you know, we talked about all kinds of things, you know, not spiritual and some spiritual, but not all everything. And what kept coming to me was a story where um, Jesus did his first miracle. And they came to Mary and it was at a wedding, and, and they said, we're out of wine. And, and uh, you know, what are we going to do? We're out of wine. And, and this is the word that Mary, or Mary said, he said. She said, whatever he says to you, do it. So I looked at the person. I said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. I knew this person was, was a spiritual person that, that hears God. You know where we miss it a lot of times? We get into some kind of formula. Yes, we get into a formula. Well, you know, I heard this guy in church, you know, and he confessed, you know, 586 times that he was healed, and then, then he got healed. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to confess it 587 times. Well, you'll probably need to spray something down your throat because you'll be dry and, and you may get a sore throat after that if that's all you're doing. Because all you're doing is, is, is following some kind of formula. You know, those things don't work. That doesn't work. You know what? Is it a good thing to do? Sure. It is a good thing, you know, maybe to confess that Jesus is your Lord. He healed my body. It is not, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't look at that as some magic potion that's going to make you healed. You know where the healing comes? It comes from connection with him. It comes from you here in heaven. You know my famous line when people come to me with problems? This is probably, sorry, I, I, this, is, this is really scary, pastors sharing secrets. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, people come to me with problems and you know, and I'll listen. And I'll look at them and they think I'm going to say something really spiritual and deep. And I do. I say, wow. What's God telling you? You know why? Because that's what's going to set him free. Yeah, right. You doing what I say is not going to make you free, yeah. but you hearing Jesus speak to you. What do you mean Jesus speak to you? Yeah, he does. He'll show you things. I've lived my whole life. I've built my life on hearing heaven and then doing what he says. I mean, how do you get to Menominee? We heard heaven, and, and we came here. Jesus said, Menominee, Menominee. You guys know my story, our story, Dana's and mine. We knew in our hearts. I'll just go there. Hey, I got a minute and a half. Um, we are associate pastors of a church in, in Minneapolis for how long were we there, Dana? 12 years, that's what it was. And, and, and at the time when the Lord spoke to me, we'd been there eight years. And, and I'm sitting in a service one day, sitting in the front row, pretty much where Dana's sitting, maybe a seat over. And, and, uh, and it was the first service, just like this one. And I wasn't preaching. Pastor Jay was preaching. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just came upon me in such a measure that, that I was more aware of him than I was anybody around me. Anybody, you know, I, you guys have had stuff like that happen. And I was just like, you know what, how, you know how unspiritual, I can be so Peterish, You know what I mean by that? Like Peter, this is what I'm sitting there thinking. Wow, I hope he doesn't call on me to say anything right now. That's what I was honestly thinking. I, I get, you know, spiritual moments like that, I, could just, I just go off the deep end. I hope he doesn't call on me. And then the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, You're going to leave this place. By that, I knew exactly what he meant. I was going to leave that church. And he said, and you're going to go, and you're going to pastor another church. And all that was like in boom, like a couple seconds. And then all of a sudden, I came to myself, and I I realized that I'm in church, and the pastor's still preaching. Nobody called on me, thank God. Nobody even knew anything happened. Everybody thought I was being cool, just sitting there. The whole time, I'm having a spiritual experience. Jesus is talking to me. And you know what I did? I didn't tell another person. For a solid year, I didn't tell one other person. Do you know why? Because I was wishing it would go away. (laughs) I was hoping if I didn't acknowledge it to anybody, it would just go away, and I wouldn't have to think about it anymore, because I liked where I was. I loved the people. We had roots friends and family, and he was calling me somewhere unknown. So after a year, I told Dana. I said, Dana, you know what the Lord told me? I can't can't shake it. It it keeps coming to me. I said, he told me we're going to leave, and we're going to go start a church somewhere else. And you know what she did? She rebuked me. (laughs) She said, no, She, she had the same reaction I had. She said, no way, we're not doing that. We've got friends, we've got family, we love these people. We started this church, you know, we were here at the very beginning of this church. We weren't the senior pastors, we were the associate, but we were there when there was 30 people, you know. And I don't know what we grew to, but, you know, I know we had quite a few, quite a few people. And and, uh, she said, no way, we're not doing that. So you know what I did? I went back to God and I said, see there, I'm off the hook. I I gave him my logic. I said, I know this, you're not gonna break up a marriage. I knew that about him. I said, You're not gonna call me one place and her another place. That would be weird, God. Come on, that would be weird. I'm off the hook. That's what I told him. And he I'm sure he laughs at all of us. We bring him joy. And he said he didn't say anything. So I thought, Cool, I won that battle but it didn't go away. It kept coming up. It kept coming up. And like a month went by. I don't know exactly. Around a month went by. And we were going into church one day because we both worked at the church, driving down Highway 100. I can almost remember the place. We were passing that coffee place where you could, don't you love when there's like a coffee roastery and you can smell the coffee. We drove by a place like that on highway. It was actually on 7 at that point. You took 100 to 7 and we were driving up there and and I could smell the coffee. And I said, well, Dana, you know that thing? And that was, how many would know what I meant if I said, you know that thing? and You haven't talked about that thing in 30 days? She looked at me and she goes, yeah, I know that thing. (laughs) Don't talk to me about that thing. I thought we forgot about that thing. I said, well, you know that thing? I said, Dana, if we obey God in this, and this is what came to my, out of my heart. I said, if we obey God in this, I said, we just need to be us. We're not going to have to be somebody we're not. We're not going to have to be who you imagine pastor's wife to be, you know. You, you know, you can get images in your head. Dana's image of a pastor's wife was the one that sat up here every Sunday and played a, uh, a, a piano, like one of them high-back pianos, you know, and She'd sing choruses and things, and that wasn't even what our church was like there either. We had a rock and roll church there, but but uh, that was in her mind. I said, you know what? God's not going to make you be somebody or not. We're just going to be us. That's why you get us because we're just going to be us. And so then we didn't do anything for a while yet, a couple years. But I know when the year two thousand passed, you know, uh, came into January. You know, the Lord just quickened my heart and said, now's the time. I said, all right, we're going we're gonna to go. And we didn't know where we were going, so we, but we resigned. We resigned from the church. And we said, we'll be down in, they, well, we talked and said, four weeks, we'll be out of here. Where are you going to be? I don't know. It's tough when people ask you questions at that time in life. Where are you going? We're going to follow the plan of God. You know, in fact, you know what we would do? This is to, so off track of where I was going. But where, what we would do is before we would go to places like church, we would come up with a pat answer to give people that were trying to pry us for information. <laughs> and we'd stick to it. And then one day we went to a church in Chippewa just to check it out because we thought uh, they, they needed a pastor. It was, it was within our denominational group and they needed a pastor. And we drove there when nobody was there. Because, you know, it it wasn't my purpose. My purpose was to be there because somehow when I'm at a place, I know more than when I'm not. You know, it's more real. God speaks to my heart. And unfortunately, we we drove there, and Dana knew so much, she wouldn't even get out of the car. I got out. I walked around the church, got back in, and was halfway depressed and said, well, this isn't it. And we we spent the night in Eau Claire because we were too depressed to drive home. We'd quit our job, didn't know where we were going, the one egg I thought might be in the basket, turned out it was cracked for us. Wasn't right, and, and, and wasn't sure what we were gonna do, and we're driving down 94. Can I tell you this story? Um, we're driving down 94, kind of heading back to Minneapolis. It was an Easter Sunday, actually. We actually didn't go to church on Easter Sunday. Had church, we actually tried to have church in the hotel room. It was the most unanointed service I was ever at. <laughs> Then the thought was coming to my mind, who in the world do you think you are? You can't make anybody suffer like you just suffered in that church service in our hotel room. I said, you can't do that. The most fun I had the whole night was going swimming the night before, because you know we had to make the entertaining for the kids and stuff. But, but we were just depressed. And we we're driving down 94, coming back to Minneapolis. Dana looks at me and says, I don't know if this means anything. Let me tell you, your you a husband? Whenever they say, I don't know if this means anything, your antenna needs to go up because it definitely means something. (laughs) She says, I don't know if this means anything, but for two years now, two years, when I've been praying in other tongues, and we do that often, and she says, two years I've been praying in other tongues, I keep saying the word Menominee. And you know me, I'm I'm sharp. I said, I think that's a town. I don't think I've ever been there, but I think, it's a t- I think we pass it on our way back. And she knew that, but I didn't for sure. So we drove, took on exit 45, came down 29, and drove by Culver's. I'd never seen a Culver's in my life. I said, wow, this place has potential. And, and uh, drove down Main Street, You know, skirted the lake. It was a nice time of year. The lake smelled good. So, bless God, this place is all right. But we got to the very end of town, and we actually pulled into Perkins. And uh, I got out of the car because it was back far enough that they had phone books. And I just wanted to quickly look through the yellow page to see if there was any churches like, like we would be. And there wasn't. And so I said, wow. I, I turned to Dane, and I said, you know what? It seems good. That's all I could tell her is it seemed good. And you know what? We put all our eggs in that basket. We said, we're going to do that. We're just following Jesus following Jesus wow am I off track yeah. <laughs> alright a couple other things Jesus said about himself John 10 10 he said the thief doesn't come but for to steal to kill and to destroy but he said I came to give you life and have it abundantly Jesus is the giver of eternal life the God kind of life. John 14, 6, this is so radical. Jesus would have caused an uproar. Probably still does. Jesus said, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Isn't that something? You know, there's a lot of paths people take to feel good. Sometimes when you get on your GPS, you know, you cue in an address on your phone, it'll give you five different ways to go. But Jesus is saying, you might try these other ways, but I'm going to tell you what, the bridge is out. There's only one way you're going to get where you want to go, and it's through me. That was radical. These are bold words from the master. Jesus said that. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father unless they go through me. Jesus also said this in Luke 18:31 and through 33. Let me just tell you, I'll read it. It's too good. He said, behold, we're, uh, he took his 12 aside and said to them, behold, we're going up to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the son of man will be accomplished for he'll be delivered to the Gentiles. He'll be mocked, insulted, spit upon. They'll scourge him, kill him. And the third day he'll rise again. Jesus boldly declared before this happened that he was going to die and that he was going to rise again. It's one thing to say it afterwards, Jesus said it beforehand. In uh, C.S. Lewis, anybody know who that is? In one of his books, it was actually, it was in Mere Christianity. Can I just read this to you? He said, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not, you hear that? Not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level uh, with a man who says he's a poached egg. Do we have anybody like that? No. Um, Or he'd be the devil of hell. You must take your choice. Either he was and is the son of God or else he was a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool you can you can fall at his feet or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God but let let us come with any patronizing not let's not come with any patronizing nonsense about this being a great human teacher he was not left that open to us you see because the things he said if they weren't true you know he was either a liar a madman or he was who he said he was and, and uh, you know, many people have quoted this little passage, and I, I thought for a while it was Josh McDonald that first said it, but it was C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. Let me read you just a couple more, and I'm going to let you go. Matthew 28:18. This is after the death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus came and spoke to them, and he said this. He said, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Isn't that something? He said, all power. All power. Can you say all power? All power, all, power, all authority has been given to me Authority is a better word. You know, all the authority in the spirit realm has been given to him in heaven and on earth. And get this, this is the last one I'll leave you with today. Matthew 28, 19. Jesus said this, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, And here's what I wanted to leave us with. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus said this, he'd never leave you. He'd always be with you. Isn't that good to know? You know, there's all kinds of things here we talked about this morning that Jesus said. But I'm going to hang on to that as I go into my week this week. Is that wherever I go, whatever I do, whoever I'm with, Jesus is with me. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.